Welcome to episode 810 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 810 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Pretty good, Bevan. Yourself? You're looking very bright and yellow this morning? Well, first world problem this morning. Yeah, why? Tell me all about it. It's a bit chilly today and short sleeve, long sleeve, went for the long sleeve, medium weight, sweating away up your bloody hill. Does get you Going to have to bike it? home now and get changed for the part two of my ride, but hey. Not but a go downhill, you get cold. I will. And I'm not complaining because it's not raining. We've had a strange summer in New Zealand and Christchurch, haven't we? Absolute shitter of a weekend. Tell you what, great if you love gardening. Yep. Because I haven't, I've ordered, normally in summer, I have to, because you get restrictions in Christchurch on water pretty much every summer. So normally each summer, I have to water for a couple of hours every two days. Can't do it every day. Oh my God. I know. I am frowning very, very unhappily Plenty towards water comes you. Down in the sky. And then this summer, I've watered once. <laughs> and my grass is green as. I am not impressed with your watering. Why is that? We got water shortages. You don't need your bloody garden to be green. If it's yes, plants, you, vegetables, you're growing fine. Grass, let it go. Nah. Let it go. I have to look out of that every day, John. Disappointed oh, in you. Very disappointed <laughs> in you. I think it's probably put to you by Our awesome patrons who I'm not disappointed in. Here we go. You go first. Sean, the Big Dipper Bonsall. We've got Melissa Bigfoot Yuri. And David D Squared Doughty. Good. I think we needed another one for D Squared because that's a bit of a... I like it. You like it? Yeah. Two Ds? Okay. Double D. D. Double D. D yeah. squared. Yeah. D squared. Uh, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. What if he loves that and you've just ruined it for him? I'll John? ask him. I'll, I'll, I'll go find out. Yep. D squared. Uh, hot topic of the week. Uh, pro of the week. Coach's Corner. Obviously, we haven't got an interview, so we've got Wingo of the week and questions and answers at the end. So let's stri- kick straight into it. Didn't have many triathlons happening this weekend, but we did have the Coast to Coast, which we often talk about on this race. It's an iconic New Zealand race. goes from the west coast of the South Island to the east coast on one day, and it was very interesting because... It had a triathlon spin on it. Well, it really Late, did. last minute. Well, entry. what happened was, A, they did really well to get a race on because every race has been cancelled right now. We know Ironman New Zealand has been cancelled. So they had to cancel their two-day race. So traditionally, the Coast Coast is a two-day event. You have a two-day race and what one they call the longest day, and that's where you do the whole thing in one day. So they cancelled the two-day about a month ago. Because that's where you get the bulk of your numbers. Yeah. So they still were able to put it on as the longest day. But then the week before, torrential rain everywhere. So about day before the race or day and a half before the race, I think it was the day before the race, they had to change the course. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happened, we got a bit of a, a bit of a message saying, Braden Curry has late, entered the race. Entry. So I'm in New Zealand, got can- cancelled, postponed. We'll talk about that in a moment. Braden Curry is a former winner of this race and hasn't been apparently been in a kayak for five years. Five years. Probably has been, but not in, in any not training sense. And it just swung in his favour. He may have done it anyway, but then when they changed the course because the water, the river was running too high, A, it made the kayak a lot shorter, and B, it made it more of a just a float down the river. Still got to paddle hard. And the, and the river was high. Yeah, you still got to paddle hard, but it's not technical, so your, your, any deficiencies from not paddling wouldn't be highlighted quite as much. So everything sort of fell in his favour. I actually thought it was going to be they weren't even going to have a kayak, and it was going to be a long duathlon, which would have meant it was even more in his favour. 
Well, the only thing I thought was Dougal was such an ex on the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, Braden's a better runner. Um, and so and I know Braden is Ironman bike fit. So I thought it was going to be, I thought it'd be quite a close race between Dougal and um, I thought coming to, even because they had 100. So the, what happened was they did a run of 2.2, which is basically a sprint. They bike 55, which is a pack ride. They get on a mountain bike, do a 30k mountain run, mm-hmm. and, and it's a tough run. I thought the run was going to get cancelled too. The but. Run, yeah, no, well, actually, it was perfect for the mm-hmm. run. Um, then they did a 115k bike, a 30k kayak, and then a 12k bike, which is TT at the end. So I kind of thought Braden would come out of the bike, out of the run with a bit of a lead, but the bike would maybe even it up, and then it'd be really close towards the end. But but one of the things that we found out at the finish line was that Dougal actually had a slip and hurt his foot quite badly in the mm-hmm. run. So he was. Maybe a little bit more behind and maybe just didn't have that push on the bike. To be honest, even if it was a long kayak on that day, I think Braden would have had it. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. a di- the difference is Braden Curry is now... Uh, top five in the world. Top, top international athlete. Not a, a winner in terms of a Kona winner, probably. He's got a fifth. For poss- yeah, outside chance for a podium. Um, and Dougal Allen's a, a solid athlete, a solid international class athlete. It's quite yeah. a big difference between them. So you needed Braden to have a crappy day. Dougal would have an awesome day and then it might have been pretty close and as it, it turned out. It would have been interesting for A if Dougal didn't do his, hurt his foot and if it was the longer kayak because Dougal would have definitely been more kayak fit than mm. Braden. So then that could have been a factor which may have made it a closer race at the end. We had a good race on the female side as well, um, especially for second place. So Simone, Simone Mayer took that out. Uh, times were a lot quicker than usual because of the shortened course. So she won by eight minutes over Elena Usher and Fiona Dowling was only uh, two minutes back. So pretty close racing when you've only got 10 minutes covering the top three. And the boys race it really wasn't interesting because Braden Curry won by 20 minutes over Dougal Allen. However... The third place was really close. <laughs> the race sort of third, fourth and fifth. Uh, what did we get? We had Bobby Dean in third place in 10.13. There was only uh, about 30 seconds back yeah. to Ryan Kizanowski and Ryan was closing on the bike and then uh, Sam Manson was then 13 minutes back. Um, one thing that was really cool because I was doing the MCing work at the race and I interviewed them as they come across the line and I interviewed Braden and you could tell him coming back and winning this race really meant a lot to him. You know, like he was quite emotional um, you know, because he'd won the race, I think this was his fourth time winning it, or maybe he'd already run it four times. He'd won it a lot in the past. And, you know, let's be honest, he came from multi-sport. That was kind of his roots, and he probably made the Ironman decision for a financial career decision. Um, but it was cool, because when I said, oh, what does it mean to come back and win this race, he actually got quite emotional. It was quite cool. The thing is, Bevan, <laughs> to your credit, and you make, you put athletes under the pump. I was listening on the radio uh, on oh, um, was I on the radio was on Newstalk ZB, okay. and they go, "Oh, we're going to cross live to one of our reporters on the finish line." <laughs> and then all you're hearing is Bevan talking <laughs> to the winners. But you like you literally get them as across the finish yeah. line. But when you see Ironman athletes finish, normally they give them a couple of minutes just to compose themselves yeah. a little bit. Bevan doesn't give them that. It's like they're, they're still puffing <laughs> and he's just slamming the mic. So no, no wonder he's emotional. He's, he's probably just spent it for uh, 12 hours. There's not a lot else going on in his brain. Do you know and the best example of that, and we, this was a couple of minutes later, but Craig Alexander in his last win, that interview we got with him post that was one of my favourite interviews because Craig is, Craig is not a mecca. He's not a big... Big, you know, big personality has and lots of talks to big talk, but he is a talker hmm. and he's quite an open, honest character. And I, I love that interview we got from Post That Race, but yeah, no, and he was, you could just see he was really stoked and it did hmm. mean a lot for him to come along and win this race. And you, you know, the coast to coast is probably bigger in New Zealand than I'm in. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It gets yeah. way more media coverage mm. um, and more – everyone knows the Ironman in New Zealand, but I think mm. Coast to Coast has more brand recognition. So awesome, awesome race. If you ever – you want to come to this part of the world and you do have a bit of a kayaking skill set in you, mm. it's definitely a bit of a, a one to tick off. Exactly. Uh, the sad news is, is that Ironman New Zealand has been cancelled for this stage of the year. It's going to be happening in December, which is – Interesting move. It is. I did not see that one coming. I, th- I definitely thought it was going to be cancelled, postponed, whatever. Um, yeah, they're calling it a postponement, but really it's kind of a cancellation when you're moving it sort of nine months down the track. Uh, but yeah, it's moved to December. So traditionally, Ironman New Zealand is in the first weekend of March, and that means for us it's kind of like an end of season race. So you spend all summer sort of building up to yep. it, and then you race, and then you kind of yeah, that's your Wind season back. done and dusted. Whereas you know a lot for a lot of the key European races, a lot of the races in the States and so on. They're sort of mid-season races, often June, July and so on. And then you do have those tail end races. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a very interesting move. And from if I was an athlete, I'd actually be going, oh, it's, you're really annoyed that you're not racing to start with. But it's kind of cool to be able to race in December. And then you've kind of, not have the summer off, but the pressure's off for Christmas time and you can go and do some other yeah. things during summer. So it's going to be very interesting on that front. Um, you know, yeah, probably better for families, let's be honest, because yeah. if you're doing Ironman New Zealand, your, your hungry time training, your time train hunger, did you know what I mean? Um, is that, that so, family time, isn't yeah. it? It's Christmas holidays, it's when you're on break, you know, and then you come to the new year and you've got to train like a beast for that first six weeks into the first mm. new year. Um, it definitely comes at a cost. So no, I definitely, I think it's a, it's an interesting move, but what would then be another interesting part of it is, will people do both races? So you're going, oh, we're going to post, we're going to carry all those entries over to December, but are people going to turn around and do December and then race on the same course again in March? Don't know. There would definitely be a few. I don't think it would be massive, would it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But then the only, the downfall of training in December is you've got to train through winter. Well, spring. Yeah, winter and spring. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would flow really nicely. What also flows really nicely, Bevan. Do you get a refund? Are they re- what was the offerings they I gave? I don't know. Don't know. Because like I, I've been training a guy to do it and he like he, so he rang me last year and he said, I want to do an Ironman. You've told, you've told us this. Yeah. yeah. He said, I've got one year. Mm. So he's not going to be able yeah, to do really? can No, no, he's a CEO. Yeah. And he travels the world all yeah. the time. If he's CEO, he makes some changes. <laughs> no, 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 yes, no, you can. There's no way. Yes, there's you no, can. No, that's no. rubbish. No, that's Everyone's got choices. Ironman. Yeah. No, there's no way. Everyone's got choices. No, no. He's choosing. You're being unfair. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but you know what you're going to say? Um, two weeks before this, so traditionally my Oxman race is on the same day as the Torpor 70.3, which is, uh, and so for next year I was thinking, I'm probably going to switch two of my events around, and so the, this Oxman event is now going to be two weeks earlier, which is going to be two weeks before Ironman. So if anybody is looking to do a half Ironman or a sort of Olympic distance type race, two weeks out, um, doing a half Ironman two weeks out, you probably don't want to go full no, noise. Save your run. But it'll be a very good training day if, as long as you had all your preparation all lined up nicely to do a half Ironman two weeks out. A little bit quicker than, than sort of Ironman effort, but certainly not half Ironman effort, would be a really good day to sort of test your nutrition. So I know I'm trying to sell my race there, so but it's should. actually, if you're organised, it is a good good hit out because there won't be, there'll be hardly any other races around um, pre-Ironman. With, with that, um, so the, the Ironman will be on the same day as the 70.3? Yes. normally do the top all 70.3? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be really mm. fascinating. 
Um, one other thing that came through in the PR releases this week is that the PTO have announced that they are cutting the prices of the age group races by 50%. Now, I think this is a really fascinating move. Is it needed? Well, they got told very strongly, you idiots, you've priced your events far too high. Pull your finger. Yeah. By who? By, by, by social media. Social media. By they, they priced it at like 400 US or something like that for an entry into a half Ironman. What do you pay for which an is Ironman? Which is above, um, above a 70.3 race. Oh, so okay. you're going... We're, we're pitching our price above what you'd pay for a 70.3 well-established events okay. and so on. Okay. And people are going, really? I'm not going to enter. And so they've gone, okay then, we'll cut our price. So they look a bit stupid by doing this. However, now their pricing is really competitive. I had a look around. So early bird pricing is $195. Uh, so that's for the Canadian and for the American legs of the so US Open and the Canadian Open. Um, and I sort of had a look around. Um, as I said, you know, Ironman prices varies a little bit, but it's you know in the 300s for most of them, sort of higher 300s. Um, <clears throat> I looked at the Kinetic Half, which is a sort of professionally run, really solid half Ironman race, not branded though. That was 215, and then I found a sort of more entry level one, the Peasant Man. Um, <laughs> the Peasant Man. <laughs> if you get in really early on that one, it's only 138 bucks, which is bloody cheap for a, for a, for a half Iron distance race. So. Yeah, so the, the US Open, Canadian Open is now 195 bucks, uh, which is about as, you know, pretty much as cheap as it gets. And, you know, you're going to have all the rock stars there. So it's interesting that. that, that well, the, the thing is, what my thinking is, I, I, I know what it costs to run events in New Zealand. Yep. Um, for events in America and so on, it's completely different. But what you've got to remember is, is, Big fixed costs when you're organising events. And that's your fixed costs are really high. Your incremental costs are really quite low. So the Ironman, they gouge the system because you know they'll get say three thousand people there. For for these guys, they're probably thinking, if we get a thousand, that's awesome. But their fixed costs are probably exactly the same mm. as what you're going to get at a seventy point three. They just don't have all that fat to, to actually make anything. So I think 400 bucks that they were going to charge was probably like a break-even point. Um, and now they're going to be running these events at a loss um, just because they don't want to look bad. And, and I think they're probably just hoping they get big numbers. And I would encourage people to go and do these events because you are going to have all the rock stars there. But that's why, that's why like, I get it. Everyone's going to whinge about price. Everyone does. Mm. Yeah, everyone's always whinged about price for lightning, let's be honest. Mm. People pay it. Mm. You know, and... Um, this is going to be a premium product. Mm, you, you hope know, so. Yeah, well, well you, yeah, you do hope so. And one thing they did say in their press release is that it's our first year, so we want to, you know, so I, they can't, I get the impression they're going to put the prices up eventually, but, mm. um, you know, we want to make sure we've got a good product before we really start judging a premium price because, you know, they said, basically what they said is we looked at whatever world championship level races do, that's quite where we priced it. We, we think we haven't really had the experience yet, so we want to make sure that's why we've reduced it to 50%. But then, Dave, I think they're going to get more than a thousand people. Sorry, I think they'll get more than a thousand people. Like well, if you if you're in the local area, if you're let's say close enough to Canada or close enough to the US race, where is the race in the US? Uh, somewhere in Texas. Okay, which has a pretty good community. Mm -hmm. um, would you choose a seventy point three or that? Well, I think the clash and the challenge events. I don't don't know how many entrants they get, but. I sure it's not anywhere near what you'd get for a 70.3 where it's a different market if this was new zealand totally agree with you people would just go and jump on the bandwagon straight away 
but we've seen other brands try to establish themselves in, in America and it really hasn't worked. The 70.3 and the Ironman brand is just so strong there and people want to do those events over and above an unbranded race. I agree with you. I'd go and jump on it straight away. A lot of people might already have their events all locked in for next year. Mm. There's so many rollovers and things like that from previous events, so they may have already been locked into events. So, uh, yes, I would go and do it, and I would encourage others to go and do it. Yeah, and as their brand increases, does the PTO have an age group name? What they're calling the races? Well, it's the US Open and the, oh, okay. and the okay. Canadian Open. But there's no overall brand, is there? It's just the PTO? No. Mm. No. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, John's short course update. Super League, I, I went on YouTube and it's not released yet. They're doing the countdown. It's on Tuesday. Well, it's coming Wednesday, up. our time, isn't it? Yes. So every second counts is a, a, a series that's coming out. So if you guys are stuck on your indoor trainers and you're looking for something to watch, every second counts tells the stories of the best athletes in the world and puts the sport in front of a mass, uh, mainstream sporting audience in a way that has not been seen in triathlon before. So they're doing four episodes that will be released over this week uh, and they're going to be on Super League's YouTube channel. So the first one is on Tuesday, I'm presuming that's American time, uh, the Golden Quarter and then the next one is the Travelling Circus and then the Future of Triathlon and then All to Play For. So they're going to release uh, one a week over the next four weeks. So this will be interesting um, because this is it's, it's kind of along the lines of what PTO have been doing in terms of trying to elevate the profile of their athletes. So I think this is all good. You know, So many people are doing indoor training. I think they'll get a good audience out of triathletes whether or not this touches the surface or scratches the surface at all for mainstream media, we'll wait and see on that. But for triathletes, good news. I have to. I kind of think this is going to be a good product. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I do think Super League understand the story. You know mm. what I mean? Like understand. And, you know, Ironman understands the age group story. Mm-hmm. Super League understands the pro story. Mm. And, and, and they're very good at making appealing products. Yeah. And so I think it's actually going to be pretty cool. Um it's just so hard to break in. How do you break into mainstream media? Well, there isn't really, almost isn't a mainstream media these days. Is there's so many channels to watch? Yeah, like you think of your kids. Your kids have stars that we don't even know nowadays. Yeah. Whereas when we were kids, our parents would know our stars. Mm. You know, as you say, there's just so much distribution in so many areas and so niche. Mm. Um, and yeah, as you say, how do you make you make that into the next effort? Okay, uh, let's look at the discussion. So, if your I'm a distance race got cancelled and you decided to go out and do a maximum effort simulation. How do you think your time would compare? Okay, so let's I think we've done this one before, but hey, that's all right. Well, lots of races have been cancelled right now, so it's quite yeah. topical. Dave Dowdy, D squared, uh, no comparison. I need the other competitors out there to push me. I'll go Scott Watkins. He's got no difference. I'll be intrinsically motivated if I decided I wasn't going maximum effort. Hmm. Uh, Richard Speedwalker Swan, wouldn't it compare whether you had to have the eat or you can drink options like a race with regular well-stocked aid stations so we're, we're working on the assumptions here you're going to be self-supported well self-supported you probably set up your own aid stations but um yeah lucy francis asked i just asked in europe most of the races have been cancelled for the last two years just keep training and working on your weaknesses and chill out the race will happen when it happens but if i did race a solo definitely would be slower swimming probably Faster due to the absence of nerves and like race log- huh. logistics. That's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, they are really scared of the swim. Uh, bike, we have so many cars on the road, this would be even worse for keeping up any speed without mentioning to have to stop at traffic lights. I would extend 
two hours for that. Wow, that's massive. Wow. Uh, run, if I was going to run past my house and the options of using proper food and going to the loo, I think it'd be 30 minutes faster or so. There's massive differences. Yeah. So overall, I think she's going to say about an hour and a half slower. Yep. Uh, Tim Swanson, uh, at least one hour slower. No aid stations, no fans, no other races. Gareth Holbrook, Scott, I think I'll find out in Taupo. So it looks like he's going to do it by himself. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Robert, I think a few people are going to do Taupo by themselves. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Robert Boom Boom Beelan, uh transitions much faster, rests slower due to no one to hand me bottles. Uh, Shane Krubscott, it depends on the variables, same or different course, in real time, the cheering crowds and the rivalry in the second to none, riding a live road would be different, uh, racing and using indoor trainer is unrealistic, especially for the wind conditions in Tapo. Ned Phillips, my guess, 10% slower, the one intrinsic motivator for me for a, of a race is massive. Kylie Cox, Scott, you have to be a special type of person who can go with intrinsic motivation alone. Me personally, I wouldn't bother, but this just separates me, the men, from the boys, so to speak. Steve Deodonis, swim, probably faster because I live next to the ocean, so more buoyant. That's a good point. Bike, 10, 15 minutes slower, no aid station, no competitors to pass, no family giving me place updates. Uh, Run, uh, 20 to 25 minutes slower, again, no aid station, but the biggest motivation, plus the transitions, I chalk it up to an hour. Great question. Uh, John Weir's got, I'm not paying for an Ironman. I'm absolutely more than likely to do the swim in a local pool and run and bike in my neighbourhood. Last one. Did actually give us a different set, Don? Do, do is Andrew Winter. Like most people, I would say about an hour. No traffic on the bike is key. Plus, never underestimate the power of the crowd along the run track. Vicky Jones has got... I'm uh, pretty sure it would be a DNF. Can't imagine being able to compete without the competition, atmosphere, and race day feeling. Also, Chrissy McKinley's got no draft busters. Might be quicker for a wee group. And <laughs> do a max effort solo. Kind of like the Sub 7 project. Oh, there you go. Greg Bramwell's going to go and do the Ironman Kiteri Terry. That's my holiday spot. Already planned if the worst happens. Well, the worst has happened. Uh, time dependent on the aid station at the Tapawera Hotel. Careful on Tapawera. There's... Some anti-vax <laughs> protesters hanging out there. <laughs> okay, John, what do you reckon? I'd say for me in the swim, it would be five minutes or so slower. Just really because, that much? Well, this is about working on the assumption that in a race I'd have a draft. Yeah. If I didn't have a draft, it probably wouldn't be that that big a difference, but I'm working on the assumption. Which, you would, some, which you would most time, mean. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say probably five minutes. The is, bike, it, is a draft worth five minutes to you? Well, and the concentration and things like that. So swimming straight. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd say it'd be close to five minutes. Okay. Just and just keeping focus when it's not a race, and and probably you wouldn't have all the boy markers. You'd have, you know, you'd just be sort of swimming. swimming to watch swimming. Uh, I'd say the bike would be probably five to ten minutes. Probably what ten minutes slower. Again, similar sort of thing. Um, I'm pretty confident I could hold the sort of the power that I'd want to try to hold. Um, but there are be motivated, but just not having other people to ride with would make it a little bit more taxing and obviously not having the aid stations. Well, I'm working on the assumption you'd probably just have somebody handing you bottles so that probably wouldn't be a big thing but I'd say 10 minutes and I did initially put down 5 minutes for the run but that's probably being pretty generous. I'd say it'd be more like 10 minutes. So all up for me. And why in the run? Uh, Motivation? Well, a little bit of, I think I'd be really good until the 30k mark and then <clears throat> when the pressure comes on, when you're not getting a result, you're not getting qualification, things like okay. that, so just and a, you haven't got to chase, I think that up till 30k would be sweet. Um, so I'd probably say maybe 10 minutes on the run. So I'm saying 20, about 25 minutes or so. 
It's a, it, going back to the Fredino solo effort this year. Yeah. But I know he was going for a target, so there was a motivation around it. Mm. But I mean, gee, that was amazing. Yeah, and that that was wasn't quite the same because you know no, media, no, media no, pressure. Wasn't. But yeah, yeah. But, but that was. But still, as he, he dug. Yeah, solo effort to beat the world record. Mm. That was pretty special. What would be interesting? I wonder what. Just trying to think think out loud. If you if you did sort of time trial starts and and maybe had a so you did have a race, but like maybe say you just had a local race of 100 people and it was an organised event but you did a time trial start so it would be 100% um, solo solo time trial but there'll still be results and things like that how that would differ to uh, so you still a knew, race. So like you back in the day when you and I were pretty similar you still knew you were trying to beat me mm. in, in that day but you wouldn't necessarily have me as a target or something around you. Yeah. yeah, you really spread it out over the day you know, have 15 minutes between starters or just, just so there'll be no no racing with someone else that would be an interesting comparison. See for someone like me I'm just thinking when I was at my peak um, swim wise probably a bit more probably because like, I was a very good pack swimmer mm-hmm. I, I always swam way better in an Ironman than I could ever in the pool and you swam at a speed where there is a reasonable size pack whereas yeah. for me sometimes it's a bit hit and miss oh, okay yeah yeah because I was able to you know I was able to get in a pack never sat at the front of it I, like, I didn't mind getting beaten up so I was able to kind of get you know and I was able to draft really well so you're pro- so big and strong oh, and mate, muscular I tell you <laughs> <laughs> did you see the rock in the Super Bowl, yeah, he looked my like arms an idiot. like his. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. He, he brought out the old I, wrestler in him. I only saw this five seconds highlights. So, uh, um, then uh, the bike. Well, I'd assume it'd be about the same, really. You know, I thought I'd probably. Yeah, I never really had that many draft effects in, mm. on a bike, so I don't think a bike would be that much slower. Mm. Just that motivation. If you didn't have anybody around you, yeah, depends on how you motivate yourself for it. Mm. Like if you. Yeah, that's the question. Is is like, let's say I, you know I always want to do a sub ten, for example, mm. and you know I train like a beast of my training time and said that I could do it. Mm. Then maybe I would be more motivated, mm-hmm. you know. And then the run, yeah, I, I'd assume that the bike would probably be pretty similar. It'd probably be a five minutes slower, I reckon, because mm. you would lose some draft effect. And then the run, yeah, gain that motivation. It, it, it really comes down to where your motivation would be. Arguably, it could be a little bit slower. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's a good point you made. If you're chasing a time, yeah, your motivation is going to be a lot higher. Yeah. If you're just going for completion, going, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Like if you've been training like a beast, like I mean, New Zealand is a really good example because they, they've kind of cancelled at the worst time because mm. people have just finished their peak training. So realistically, you, if you let's say you've been training, you know, do that sub ten or that sub eleven, whatever it was for you, and you're training saying you're close, that will be motivated. And if anything, mm. it's actually a bigger achievement if you get there. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. so that's kind of cool. Okay, this week's discussion. The Winter Olympics are on. Do you think there are any winter sports or other cross-training that you could think would help your triathlon performance? In New Zealand, uh, for those non-New Zealanders, we won our first ever gold medal. Have you been watching much of it? Uh, yeah, I watched the highlights channel when I've been on the bike. Because it rained so much over the weekend, I got to see quite a bit. Yeah. Australia, how the hell do you guys get medals at the bloody Winter Olympics? They've got several medals. What do they get medals in? They got one in the the skeleton. She got silver, I think it really? was. Um, they got one in snowboarding. Like, does it snow and there's no ski field? Well, I know you've got one or two crappy ski fields and threadbow and stuff. Uh, they got one in some snowboarding, and there was a couple. Of, oh, they nearly got one in the the cro- the border cross. Have uh, they got gold? Because we're ahead of them. Not sure about that. Yeah, (laughs) per per, per capita, we're we're sweet. We're fine. (laughs) The thing I love about these sports, because I'm not, you know, I never watch winter sports, other than I'll kind of, like I've watched a little bit of it. 
but these sports, these, these athletes are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and the, the thing about all the kind of, or a lot of their sports is the risk factors really high. Those mountains are so stark. Oh my, you know, I was watching the guys doing the, you know, just with a flying through the year thing. What do you call that? Ski jump. Ski jump. <laughs> oh, like, a, they never, they never, none of them seem to crash. Yeah, they're going like 120 k an hour. You know, landing at uh, yeah, about that. Landing, yeah. they travel like 120 meters. The um, the pitch on the so we're focused on the the snowboarding um and the jumps and things like that because that's where we've actually got a medal and we might get some more. But yeah, the the grade on the the big ears for the skiing and for the snowboarders is 38 percent. Jesus like, Christ, that is seriously steep. And then they flip and fly around the ear. Yeah. You like you watch those sports and you think, how do you even get good at it mm. without dying? Mm. You know? So impressive stuff. It's so cool to see. Okay, so do you think that any of any type of winter cross trainings would actually help you, you know, maybe you could take up long what is it, ski jumping? Yeah. You think that would help you triathlon? Well, uh it helped um oh, what's his name? Eddie the Eagle. No, Roglic, uh, the cyclist who's won Tour de France and he's like the second best in the world. He used to be a ski jumper. Did he really? Mm, yeah. How did that transition happen? I don't know. You know? I don't know, yeah. He's probably just one of those guys that's good at everything. Because imagine ski jumping is explosive power mm-hmm. when you're doing that push-off. That's obviously really, you know, like it's – and then just – it's just holding position in school landing, yeah, isn't so it? Yeah, a lot of core. Um, yeah, a lot of core, a lot of kind of trying to balance yourself in the air, isn't it? Mm. Can't imagine there's a great deal of fitness required. No, they, they'd have to. I'm just thinking, you know, because they. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this as I was watching it. What kind of body weight do you want? They look small, but I haven't looked at what their body weights. Because you want more body weight to gather speed, but then maybe that slows your knee. Us Kiwis, we know nothing. The rest of you guys in the northern hemisphere are going. We know all this sort of stuff. Yep. You're talking out your ass, but hey. Eddie the Eagle, it's the other one. he came to Christchurch one time. Right. He came to Christchurch when I was a kid. So if you don't know who Eddie the Eagle is. Everyone knows who Eddie the yeah. Eagle is. He was basically a pommy guy who just renowned for crashing, really. Mm. Um, a, imagine that being your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a living just by hurting myself. Um, but he came to Christchurch and did it in the square. Really? <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid. I, I, I remember it vaguely. So there you go. Okay, let's go. Pro, Pro of the week. week. Okay, tell us about it, John. So I sort of scanned through the PTO listings and uh, thought, who do I sort of not know too much about? Uh, And the person I came across was Sarah Perez-Sala. And uh, you may remember the name because she did really well in the challenge, uh, one of the challenge races, I think it was, when was it? It was Challenge Miami. She got fourth uh, in 2021. And there was another challenge race she did quite well at as well. She did well at Challenge Samarin. So that was when the Collins Cup was on. She got second there this year. Um, and the reason why you see her around is she's a buddy axe swimmer and she's very good on the bike. So at that Challenge Miami race, she was um, in the lead for a long time and uh, and she was she's not such a strong runner, but she was got a lot of air time. So when I looked into her, she's, um, and when I've seen her on the coverage, she's clearly a very good swimmer, although she was a breaststroker. And I think she went to the 2004 Olympics for oh, breaststroke. Well. I think maybe as a, re- a relay swimmer, not necessarily an individual, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But she's obviously a very good swimmer. Uh, and then she just looks rock solid on the bike. She's really low and really, really stable and, and pretty strong when, you, when you're staying in, a, in, a, in front of a race like the, one of the challenge events. 
since. So she started back in 2011, um, only was right doing just training part-time. She sort of, when summer came around, she started doing triathlons and didn't really train during the winter or anything. Uh, I saw an interview with her. She's not, she's doing 70.3s, not planning on doing any uh, sort of long-distance Ironman races. Uh, so she's going to focus on the short distance and um, the 70.3 half Ironman distance. And she sounds like she likes the flat courses. Um, so when I looked through her World Triathlon sort of setup, uh, she has actually been racing for quite some time. First races were back in 2013. Tried her hand at sort of a lot of the European Cup, a lot of the ETU, ITU races. Had some reasonable results, sort of, you know, a few top 10s here or there. Um, did a few World Series races, never really cracked it or anything like that. So she sort of shifted across to... Um, you know, long distance racing in there. Her results this year, she had a DNF at Daytona. She actually went and did Abu Dhabi, the WTS race, uh, and got 26th. Second at Challenge Samarin, fifth at Challenge Walsh, she second, uh, four, sixth at Jack. Challenge Gran Canaria and fourth at Challenge Miami. And when she did Challenge Miami, you know, that was a strong field. You had Jody Simpson, Lucy Charles, Jackie Herring, and then she got fourth and she was in front of the likes of Sky Monch, Alyssa Dola, Paula Finlay, Sarah Crowley, Heather Jackson, Meredith Kessler. So that's a legit result. Uh, so she swam there 2106 and she came out of the water with Lucy Charles stuck with her on the bike um, but then faded a little bit on the run but not not too badly she ran a 105 compared to Jody Simpson's one hour and uh, a lot of the other females are sort of 103s 104s 105s so um, so she can run when she pulls it all together so she's 34 years old she's from Spain John, you went to the World Duathlon Championships. No, really? Aquathon. Aquathon. Oh, Aquathon. Right. So it's a very short race. So the, the winner did 31. She got seconds. You get 32.01. They swam for 12 minutes 40. It must be a 5K run. Yeah, I think they... 17.50? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be right. And what, how far did that swim be? About 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 and a half minutes, basically. Um, would it be a K? Maybe a K? Yeah. It's balls out, isn't it? Yeah. That, okay. that is that's tough racing. Eh? It's either minutes. it's either a very poorly measured seven fifty, or it's a K. Uh, I'd probably say it's a K. Yeah, they just unfortunately they don't have the distance. Oh wait a second, no. Okay, let's see if John Newson's right. Uh, wait a second, I get They sometimes change around a bit with the aquathon and sometimes do run, swim, run, and things like that. And they normally just tack the aquathon on now to that sort of multi-sport festival where they have the uh, the World Triathlon Series. Long distance champs, they have the duathlon, yep. they have a cross triathlon, they have an aquathon, they have everything during during that week. So you don't typically get a, a particularly strong field there. Well, you are right. It was a one, one K swim. Mm-hmm. So how good's that? 12 and a half. She did 12, uh, 40. If it's open water, it doesn't really mean anything, but she's a good swimmer. If you go to the, if you're Olympic standard, you're pretty good. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there was the 5K run. That's a tough race, eh? Mm-hmm. Imagine doing a 1K swim, 5K run. Solid. Oh, and getting out of the water and you're just going for it. Yeah, you don't have that little bit of no calming. You just sort of got to get straight into it. You know, because the bike's, you know, it's bike's tough, but it's not hard on the body. Mm. Whereas you get out of the water, you stand up and then you're just... Going for it. Oh, that's got to be a tough race. Okay, here we go. The, the wetsuits were allowed. Water temperature was uh, 18 degrees. Mm. So that's a good detail here. There we go. So uh, look out for Sarah Perez Sala. Okay, let's go. Coaches, Coaches Corner. Corner.
okay, you want to talk about swim toys? I do. You like toys, do you? I like a bit of toy. Okay, hey, wait, wait, before you get into it, what was your favourite toy as a kid? Probably Optimus Prime. Oh, that, that is pretty cool. I had to save up and splash out for Optimus Prime. He's a Transformer. Yeah, Transformer. And that was back in the days when those things, you know, they were premium products. Oh, yeah. You know? Because so, that one was a gun, wasn't it? Which was always uh, odd. Megatron, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. That was weird. Yeah. You have a truck. You have <laughs> like, f- and you have like planes and things. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Transformers into a gun. It was a bit weird. <laughs> But Optimus Prime, what about you, Bevan? Well, I, I didn't actually get big into the Transformers. Massive on He-Man right. and the bosses. Oh, and and my un- one. Was that? I didn't do the He-Man, though. Yeah, and wrestling figures were big for me. Did you do wrestling figures? I didn't do figures. I, um, the cards? I did the cards? follow. Yeah, did definitely do the cards and stuff. My mate's always got all the cards still. He's got them like That'd properly. Worth, no, that'd be worth know, a bit. Maybe they would because he's got them properly in like folders mm. and stuff. Um I yeah, I remember getting. I had Castle Grayscale, mm-hmm. and they had yeah. the old, they had the, the um, it's like a puppet. Yeah, and, you, and you, it was a big snake, right? You know, and you and you opened the, the chair turn and you fell into the dungeon. <laughs> oh, I loved Castle Grayscale, but I remember my auntie because you could, in New Zealand you couldn't get He Man. Right, it was really hard to get He Man. Yeah, and my auntie who's a bit, of, <laughs> bit of a Rolling Stone, yeah, bit of a rough, you know, bit of a rough type, and uh, she gave me He Man for my birthday. And I was pretty happy with my auntie. Right. Turns out my mum found it and gave it to my auntie and all the rest of it. But <laughs> getting He-Man. He-Man. <laughs> oh, it was an inspiration. Okay, now let's talk about swim toys. Swim toys. Now, people are going to probably roll their eyes going, well, I use swim toys. I, I know what they are. But do you use them in the right context? Uh, so what I'm going to do is go through a bunch of things, explain what they are, the benefits, when to use them, when not to use them, and some tips. Okay, so let's talk about when. how often do you want to use them? Well, the, the thing is... And yet when I do John's swim set each week, you probably will notice there's not a lot of swim toy action in there. Yeah, um, save the toy for other times. <laughs> so what you've got to consider is where you're at in your training and do you need swim fitness or are you actually working on a particular aspect of your swimming? So for me at the moment, you know, I'm only swimming twice a week and until you're probably swimming more than twice a week, you've got to be pretty careful about where you're doing lots, heaps of drill work, heaps of swim toy work, because you might not have the fitness yet. Now, of course, yes, you always want to work on your technique and things like that and different aspects of your swimming, but you kind of got to get, make sure you get the basics right. One thing also to be aware of with swim toys, now there's toys here which people avoid, mm. but there's also toys that people use too much, you know, and, and they get a bit lazy on it, aren't they? That's a, probably the number one point is, are you using the toy just because you're lazy and you're bored? Or are you, on all the time or yeah, using Are you using it because it's actually helping um, part of your swimming? So factor that in whenever you're going to use swim toys. So let's say you are swimming. What, you know, typically most people are going to swim three or four times a week. Well, do they? No, I, I would say most people swim twice a week. Uh, some people only swim once a week. And then some. once you're getting into three or four, then that's when you can start bringing the toys a lot more. If you're only doing two, Fine to use these all the stuff quite a bit in maybe the off season, but if you're in your race build up, if you're in sort of twelve to sixteen weeks out, fitness is key, and hopefully you've sort of taken care of all that other stuff previously. So then maybe still factor a little bit of in, but you know fitness is is the key thing. With, with toys, so okay, within a week because we'll break down the toys in a second, but um, within a week, let's say you are three times a week, mm. you know, um, what percentage of your time should be toy work? Well, let, let's say, for example, this morning, I probably swam three and a half K or so. Yep. We probably only had maybe 500 metres of that was sort okay. of technique-based so like stuff. So like 10 to 15%. Yeah, um, and that's probably sufficient. And do you ever do a toy session? 
No, <laughs> we're just calling them toys. <laughs> Swim equipment, we should call it. Do you have a toy, toy session? <laughs> so, no, I don't. But that's not to say that that shouldn't be part of people's program. That would be, if I was swimming four times a week, I would have one session that would be more dominated to skills and probably speed. I wouldn't, doing one whole session of just technique and toys uh, or equipment would be good, but probably not in season, unless you're doing it as a recovery recovery workout and you've got plenty of time on your hands. Okay, so that's my favourite toy, a band. Bands are gold. So if you don't know what a band is, it goes around your ankles. Uh, and the, the optimal one is to get an old car tyre, which are pretty hard to come by these days because most things are tubeless, and you slice it up probably about uh, five centimetres across. Um, so what's that, two inches across? and they'll go around your ankle. It should give you a little bit of leeway for a little bit of movement with, within your um, ankles. If you can't get hold of one of those, get an old um, bike tube, tie that around your ankles twice. Again, doesn't need to be tight so your legs are locked, locked together. You know, maybe if you've got a, a couple of centimetres gap between your ankle bones, um, that's, that's around about what it is. And you're basically just swimming with that, that band on. So the benefits are uh, fantastic for doing some strength work. Um, it's really good to figure out if you've got any sort of catch. If you haven't, that's going to be Maybe highlighted. Maybe in your catch, you mean? Yeah, uh, or any catch whatsoever. So a lot of people will press straight down on the water, okay. whereas you're trying to keep a high elbow. Uh, and the, But the number one thing it does is it really irons out any dead spots in your strokes. So um, a lot of people will struggle to breathe because when they swim through the water, they're sort of surging the whole time. And so this is going to um, yeah, really identify those spots. Is another benefit understanding how to hold your posture? Yep, definitely. That's a, that's a definite benefit. You know, because because sure. uh, you know a lot of people, they have the drag of the feet lower than hips as they're swimming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and ideally, we want alignment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if when you've got a pool boy, it's... You're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're fighting out to, yeah. to get their posture up, aren't you? Totally. So when to use it? Um, this is as a drill, as a strength exercise. Um, so for example, this morning, and you'll hear later in the swim set, we did four 100s, uh, bands only at the end of the session. Now doing 100 is okay for an intermediate to advanced swimmer. 100 meter reps for beginner swimmers or weaker swimmers is pretty difficult. You'll be better off doing 25s and 50s. What are the tips when you're using it? Uh, so key things are, Good, do a good push off the wall so you've got a really nice streamline and focus, as Bevan said before, on being nice and straight and long and strong because your feet are, are going to drop down. But if you can have a good push off the wall, get some momentum going, then you'll at least be able to hold it for, say, half the length and then the second half of the length might be a bit of a battle. Do you, are you trying not to kick? Yeah, you're trying not to... Yeah, you are trying not to kick. Yeah, uh, I used to always be trying to, find, trying to yeah. kick as I'm doing it. So, you know, you'll have a little bit of movement in your legs just to get some sort of te- tempo and some rhythm, yep. but you shouldn't be trying to kick. Okay. Uh, so you're looking for a smooth rhythm and tempo, so trying to do nice, even strokes, uh, f- breathing every three or four strokes, because if you breathe every two, you're going to be, again, um, your head's going to be coming out of the water and you're going to be decelerating. Uh, it's just going to make life a lot harder. So swim a bit easier and try to do three or four stroke breathing. Look down at the bottom of the pool, so look directly down. So a lot of people look forward too much, and that's going to drop your hips down. And as I said before, we did hundreds this morning, which is okay if you're a reasonable swimmer, but definitely start with 25s. See if you can build it up to 50s. If you're a weaker swimmer, and by weaker swimmer I'm probably saying you know, you're know you in the bottom half of the uh, uh, a swim league at a race, then start with a pool boy. <clears throat> it is cheating a little bit, 
but so you probably won't. Pool boy and band. Pool boy and a band. You'll yep. still find that hard if you're a weaker swimmer uh, and then just see if you can slowly transition away from having the pool boy. Bands are fantastic. They're hard, um, but really, really good for your swimming. What are you telling yourself as you do this? What are you uh, reminding yourself to focus on? Smooth strokes, smooth, even strokes, and okay. being long and strong is probably the two key things for me. Okay, uh, let's look at Poi Boy. Poi Boy, most of you will know what that is. goes between your legs, um, and you can get different different sizes of them. Benefits of them are, it obviously gives your legs a lift, uh, so giving you better body position. It'll also help you to stop kicking um, quite so much. So when to use them, if you're a weaker swimmer, Really good to use if you're trying to work a bit more on your stroke dynamics. So the reason for that, you know, good swimmers can be cruising along and even when they're swimming slow, they're okay and they can work quite hard on their stroke. Weaker swimmers, you know, sometimes it's just a battle to to be swimming and if you try to really focus on, say you're trying to focus on the angle of your arm below your body, um, when you do that, uh, you're going to slow down and you're just going to start sinking so it just becomes a battle. So if you are trying to, say, do some distance work and you really want to work on your stroke a bit more, then it's a good time to use a pool boy. Um, It does make it easier to to focus on your technique, so that's a good time to use it. When not to use them... Well, one thing to say is pool boys is when people are getting lazy, which you've got here, isn't it? That, yeah. That is a common thing, eh? Just chuck the pool yeah, boy in. Yeah, chuck the pool boy in. So if, especially for good swimmers, chucking a pool boy in, it is, it's just being lazy. Now, if you if you are trying to do a recovery swim, then that, that's okay if that's your objective and you're just trying to turn the arms over, but try to avoid just chucking it in for being lazy. Yeah. Okay, what are the tips? Uh tip, I haven't really got too many tips for the, for the old pool boy. It's just probably more when not to use them. Don't be lazy. Okay. Uh, what are the benefits? Uh, I've gone through that. Oh, what are we? Oh, you got no. Just the way you've gone here. Okay, sorry. Paddles. Paddles. Sorry, I thought tips. I thought you said tips were use paddles. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the formatting. Okay, so paddles. Okay, we all know paddles are the, the things you put on your hands to give you bigger hands. But they can you can get lots of different sizes these days. And, and Mal- you remember Molinas? Molinas were huge. The big dinner plates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a pair of those. Yeah, they're good. Uh, so they were, they were like, it was like it was like it was like you're like a fly on the wall. We can, oh yeah, no, they're huge. So you can get all different sorts if you go to like Finnis or Speedo or things like that. Uh, so there's lots of different benefits for different ones. So for the type that Bevan was talking about, they're like Molinas. Have got these massive big uh, hand paddles. You know, the key benefit of that is obviously to, to get some strength. There are different sorts of paddles out there these days. Um, you can get like little finger paddles. Um, you can get ones that really try to work on your catch and if you do it wrong they'll they'll sort of oh, really? be very very sort of wonky is that awkward um it's yeah it's just another piece of equipment that's working on a specific part of your stroke so again not something you want to work all, on all the time but if you go i really need to work on my catch those ones have kind of got grooves and things in them so they really highlight if you're not catching they're going to sort of tell you about it cool um one of the thing main reasons for paddles as well is for getting a better feel for the water so for people who have used paddles, you notice a massive difference when you go paddles, non-paddles, paddles, non-paddles. And a lot of the point purpose of doing drills, whether it's running, cycling, swimming, etc., is just to get a slightly different feel for the water or if you're doing running technique, it's get better body awareness of what your, your body's doing. And so that's a key benefit for actually doing the paddles is actually to feel that different um, different pressures on your arms. Uh, and so for that reason, they're, they're a good tool, either strength, or for getting a bit of a change in feel. When do you want to use them? Uh, good good when you're tired, because that's when you can maybe work on your technique a little bit more. Good for building your strength as well. Um, 
when not to use them, just got to be a little bit careful, especially if you go for those big kahunas about blowing your shoulders out pretty quickly. So I would say the big ones, you probably need to be you know, swimming a reasonable amount to do that. Otherwise, they're probably going to put too much strain on, on your shoulders. Uh, and just be careful if you're doing a really big swim load for using um, paddles too much. With paddles, yeah, they're, they're, they're another one of the ones that people can use too much. Yep. Um, is the problem that, 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 that you know it actually slows your swim stroke down too much? Uh, yeah, it can do if you use them too much. Yeah. So time and a place for them. But again, a bit like the, you could probably use paddles more than what we mentioned before, that sort of 10 to 15%. But I would say if you're swimming three times a week, you probably only use them maybe in one session per week. Okay, good to know. Okay, the snorkel. Snorkels. Which, I don't, which don't use a lot. Yeah, this is more purely a, t- a, a technique sort of okay. tool. But I see people using snorkels mid-season. I'm like, what are you doing? You need just, you're not swimming enough. Yeah. Uh, so it's, when I talk of snorkel, some most of you will have seen the front ones. So they're not the old traditional diving ones which go out the side. It goes out the front, goes sort of between your eyes. And what it means is you can be swimming along and you don't have to do any breathing. So that's the number one benefit is... You don't have to breathe. Well, you still have to breathe, yeah. but you don't have to turn your head to breathe. Uh, so the number one benefit is you can just focus on what you're doing below the water. Uh, so the key time to use it is when sort of between main sets or um, before you're doing a main set, you can actually go, right, when I go into this main set, one of my key focuses is I want to work on my catch or I want to work on the angle below of my arm um, below my body. And so you're going to do some sort of primer warm-up exercises and then you're going to go into your main set. Um, that's the main time to use them. When not to use them, um, yeah, when you're in that sort of race preparation phase or if you're doing, you know, I think, again, you just see people using them maybe at the end of a session and by that stage, I always think you want to do that drill work normally before you're going into a main set and then you take something from that drill workout into the main set. Question I do have, have you ever tried it? Yes, but I'm, I'm, I mean, for me personally, don't really have too much time for them. For people that are really working on their hard on their technique, using those so is, is quite good because then you can actually look down at what you're what's doing. What's the breathing like if you're going intense? Uh, I haven't done a lot of intense swimming with them. It'd be yeah. odd, wouldn't it? Sorry, it would be quite. Because you kind of <sighs> your mouth's open. Yeah, you know, whereas when you're kind of breathing, you get the hang, you get the hang of it yeah, pretty I'm quickly. Sure okay, metronome. A metronome. Um, when we've interviewed that guy Paul Newsom from Swim Smooth, yeah. you will have probably heard him talk about the metronome. So it goes under your cap and it and it beeps. And so there's two ways you can use a metronome. Firstly, you can beat. It can get it beeping um, to get a rhythm when you're swimming. So you might go, I want to be doing whatever, twenty strokes of length, um, or. 15 strokes of length, 25 strokes of length, whatever it is. What is a good distance? Sorry? Uh, it's very variable. So whatever it is, the key, th- oh, actually I'll go into that in a moment. Okay. Uh, and then the other way you can use it is for hitting particular times per length. So you can have it set. So it's going to beep every 20 seconds if you want to do that okay. for a length. So either getting a rhythm or for hitting sort of pace times. So the benefit is if you're using it for that regular beep, it can sort of even out your stroke rate. So if you're somebody who does sort of two strokes together and then you have a long pause, but you want to try to have more of a sort of windmill type stroke, then you can just have it beeping away, beep, beep, beep. And you just know every time it beeps, you've got to do a stroke. So that's good on that front for evening your stroke rate out. And then the second part, which is probably more important, is for maintaining that stroke rate. So let's say you wanted to go and do 
uh, a 1,000 or a 2,000 continuous swim and you want to try to keep an even pace. It's a really interesting exercise to see if you can maintain that stroke rate all the way through when you get tired. It's very similar to, to what you can do with running as well. So you go, I want to keep a stroke rate of 20 strokes per length all the way through this 2K. If you weren't to have that metronome, you might start at 21 and you might finish at 19 or something like that. So it's about sort of maintaining that stroke weight when you start to get tired. So that's benefit. And then the other one is if you're using it as a pacing tool, it means you can keep an even pace all the way through. Have you used it? I have used it. Don't use it a lot these days, but um, probably one of those things that I probably should use a little bit more. Yeah. So when to use it, you can be quite quite regular yeah. with it. Um, there's not really a time not to use it and haven't really got any tips over and above what we've already said. Fins. Fins. This is lazy time. Just people do get lazy, eh? Very lazy. Because the thing with fins is you go fast. Yeah. You know, so you feel great when you've got them on, but it's, it's, it's kind of the cheat spot, isn't it? It is. So benefits are you can work on your technique and you, work, you can work on your speed. When to use them? Only use them if you're doing technique um, for, for in the first instance. And then the only other time you use them is when you're actually doing speed work. And when I'm talking speed work, you're actually not just swimming along at a moderate pace. You're slamming it and you're trying to get some re- generate some really good speed. You get that rush when you get into the ball way. Yeah. Because of Point, well, I wouldn't say pointless, but not far off being pointless. If you're just going and swimming with fins on, bit of a waste of time. The only time you would do that, and my son's using fins a bit, is if you're in a squad setting and you can't keep up with the people in the lane. Okay. And then you're kind of just sort of using them to fit in with people. Yep. I get, I get that, um, but most of the time when I see people using fins, they're being lazy. I think with the metronome, when you turn, is it pretty easy to get back on the beat? Uh, oh, it's like doing a beep test, you know, if you fall behind, you're kind of screwed. But does the turning process, you know, get what I mean, just to get uh, the rhythm of it? The new ones, maybe, I don't know, the one that I have doesn't, it's like beeping every 20 yep. seconds, so it's like... Oh, so you're not doing it per stroke? No, no. with the, well, the old one, I haven't used one of the new ones, so maybe they're different and they've got a accelerometer in them and maybe they re- reset, um, but the one I have doesn't. Yeah, fins, fins are an interesting one, because the problem with fins is you do feel great. Mm. And the other thing with fins is you can often get injured in the front of your foot, because mm. you know you, that, that work through the ankle is just not strong enough for, you know, because there's a fins, especially big fins. Oh, uh, you wouldn't, yeah, don't use big fins, that's a tip. <laughs> Okay. Don't use the big ones. You're using the the cutoff half ones, and there's quite a bit of variety out there these days in terms of average to um, really specific. And the reason ones. you're not using big fins just is the demand on the load. Mm. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, one one other thing I'll say about fins is I don't see many people using fins for for pure speed work. And it's unless you, if you're in a public pool, it's kind of difficult because you have people on the way. But if if you are one of those people that are looking to take your swimming to the next level, and you are doing say four sessions a week. Um, doing some speed work, so I'm talking some fast, Hard. preferably 50s in your long course pool, is really beneficial. You're really trying to get on top of the water, really trying to feel that rush, get your arm speed up really, really high. Fantastic tool. Cool shorts. Last one, what are they? Most of you probably know what they are. Basically a wetsuit short um, that you wear when you're swimming. Um, what they're going to do for you is they're going to lift you up yeah, somewhat like a, a pool boy, but it's going to kind of try to mimic a little bit more of the wetsuit position you have when you're swimming out of the water. Um, Can you use them? Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I mean, again, for for a weaker swimmer, it's similar to uh, a pool boy. If you if you're using them because you're doing a bit of endurance work and you know that you're going to start to get sloppy later on, that'll be okay. But for an intermediate to advanced swimmer, it's generally just being a bit lazy. 
And does it actually help? Because if anything, it's not really teaching your body how to hold a position. Because mm. once you remove the shorts, you're, you know, you've, it's, you're losing that buoyancy, aren't you? So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Do many people use them? Do you see many people in the pool? Uh, in New Zealand, no. Okay. I don't. But overseas, possibly a little bit more. Yeah. So. One thing I think that's really important to say, and as we've kind of mentioned this already, is use it as a tool to help you improve. Mm. If you are using it as looking for an easier way out, Give yourself a slap around the face. Totally. Yeah, because, you know, like ultimately all these things have their benefit, but they also have their hindrance if you're not using them the right way. Mm. Anything else to add to that, John? That's about it. Okay. It's our toys section. Let's go. Winger of the week. I'm going to go high number. Why don't we go number 100? Okay. There we go. 100. Hold on a second. When I looked yesterday, I was number 100. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's see if I'm still hold, holding that position. If anybody's done a late upload of uh, last week, last week, files. no, you missed out. What Cameron Keast is number 100, and unfortunately, oh. we've got much information on him. So, I'm gonna go 99. I'm gonna keep going down to get some more information. So, then we go Ryan Curvin, he's from Australia. Oh, mate, what Ryan. are you looking at? Yeah, I've week, got Cameron Keys. So what about uh, James Botel? Where's James Botel? James Botel. He's Botel. 98. Actually, no, we'll do 99. Sure. Let's see if we're Where sure. are you looking? I'm looking at last week. Am I looking at this last week? week? No, last week. Oh, let's do James Botel. That's a name from the past. Yeah. James Botel's a lovely man. Oh, he's gone and privatized us again. <laughs> okay, well, let's see if we can find someone else. Keep going down until we find someone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I was in 100, but I'm I'm not any longer. Okay. What you do is when you do a new one, it goes to this week. So you got to keep going back to the last week. What about Lee Holland? Ah, oh, it does go. That's the problem. This is annoying. Lee Holland. Oh, private <laughs> Come on, guys. People are... Are you going to join the group? You know, don't be private. Okay, next up. Okay, we had Lee. Then we're going to go Aaron where, Webb. Where are you up to? And 96. Okay. Aaron Webb's private. Why is yours different to mine? Because you, when you go back to new, you've got to re- reset back to last no, week. I'm on last week. Last week's leaderboard. Yeah. What about Daniel Pup- Papavov? Papavov, okay, let's see if he's private. I'll do the one above him. Yeah, okay, there we go. We, we're working out. Daniel is with us. Okay. <laughs> right. Daniel, you're our winger. Daniel. Maybe we're going to prepare for this from now on because this is that's a bit painful. Well, I'll tell you what, Daniel's got some good photos. Go to Daniel. He's got the spa pool. Yeah. The past, we run in the spa pool. Got lots of swimming photos. He's from, uh, it doesn't really say where he's from, but he's been doing some good quality training. Oh, he's fallen, he had a big week early on in February. He, last week, he did two hours and two minutes of swimming, five hours and 43 minutes of biking, and four hours and 10 minutes of running for 11 hours 56. He's from, from Israel. 12 activities. Israel. Nice. He probably yeah. did, the, uh, did the old Israel man recently. Maybe he did because he had a, he had a big week in the beginning of yeah. Feb. Yeah, I reckon that's right, John. Let's see if we can find out. If we go, yeah, old. he did. Let's see. Israel Mound Run, the run of my life. It's got third overall. Really? Nice work. He, what, did he, what time Where did you find that? Uh, you click on the, the graph and it will show you that. He did three hours and 19 minutes. That's a solid run on that course because I remember how Pal Tal, he only did like 3.09. So 319 was awesome. T2, he did two minutes and 25 seconds. Six and a half hour bike run, six to six. Nice course accuracy there, 179.81 metres. T1, he took took 10 minutes in T1. The run was 41.1. The T1 was 600 metres away. (laughs) Bugger that. And then he swam, the swim was a bit short based on his watch, but he swam a 116. Yeah. So did he get second overall, did he? Third. 
Awesome work. Solid work. Absolute legend. Nice work. Daniel Paparov, you are our winger of the week. week. Okay, let's go down to... Are we going to do my question? Are we going to do my... Oh, we'll do a couple of these. They're pretty poor. Well, I, do, I told you I have found them. <laughs> uh, let's do a couple of them, but they are pretty poor. Okay. Um, tri- so these are triathlon sayings. And admittedly, I went on to slow twitch from about 2006 <laughs> and found them. Uh, for some sports, you need a ball. For triathlon, you need two. <laughs> what about gills? Number two. Number two. <laughs> Swim like you busted out of Alcatraz, bike like you stole it, run like your husband caught you. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, that's that's, a, that's a, <laughs> it took me a bit to get that one. Okay. Uh, if God invented marathons to keep people from doing anything more stupid, then triathlons must have taken them completely by surprise. Swim, bike, run, drink. My strength is the fourth discipline. There you go. My this friend, is so shit. <laughs> my friend did a threesome in Florida, and all we got was a t-shirt. Come on, that's not too bad. I'm not even doing that. So it's not even entertaining. Uh, swimmers, swimmers aren't arrogant. We're just that good. I don't really get that one. Yeah, yeah. Don't drown. Don't crash. Don't walk. My wife, a non-athlete, has a t-shirt. It says. I don't do triathlons. I do a triathlete. Well, very good. And lastly, we're saving the best to last. I don't think it's that good. I can outswim the cyclist, outbike the runner, and outrun the swimmers. That usually gets me a solid 50% finish. Maybe I should have left that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was weak. What's not weak is today's swim set. John's okay. swim set. Here we go. 600 warm up, repeating 100 free, 25 back, 25 breast. Then we did two 400s steady. So, and we're, we're the key with that, we're breathing, uh, doing 50 metres breathing three strokes, 50 metres breathing every five strokes, just to get a bit of balance in there. 100 metres easy IM. Often use a bit of IM action just to sort of loosen the arms up, swim both directions, oh, not swim both directions, um, have your At arms going time. different <laughs> different directions. Uh, then our main set was eight times through, do 100 metres very hard. We were doing that on the 130, so we're getting about sort of 10 seconds rest or so. And then we do 50 easy, and we do that on the one minute. And uh, and then we repeated that through eight times. 100 metres uh, easy individual medley, and then four by 100 bands only, and warm down. I think it was How hard 3.3. Sorry? How hard did you find it? Uh, it was good swim. I was a bit tired. Did swim cords yesterday. I've got to get my swimming up. I got my pants pulled down badly on Friday night at a race. Well, I was uh, lucky you said at a race. Yeah, <laughs> at a race. <laughs> and my swimming was woeful. And my biking wasn't far off being woeful either. Uh, but I'm not swimming that much, so I'm going to crank up the swim cords over the next period. And did some yesterday. The old lats are a bit little on the fatigued side. What do you look swimming. after your hair? My hair? Or swimming? I wear a swim cap. Uh, all the time, yeah. and your hair doesn't get no. When I was a kid, and didn't used to wear a swim cap, I had candy floss hair. Really? Yeah, no, it was blonde and yeah. I, be, was, I remember when I was doing triathlon, I used to use treatment every so often because yeah. I got quite fine hair anyway. Yeah, and even if I wear a swim cap, it yeah. gets smashed. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, now let's go into our profile design winners, guys. So if you're a patron of the show, and we've got some patrons are going to win today, uh, we're we're going to you when being a patron, a you donate to the show. You, we love that you do that. You support the show, which is the main thing, but also you're going to draw some, win some cool prizes some, from some of our patron supporters. And Profile Design are giving away to our patrons today. What are they giving away, John? We've got some supersonic Ergo 50C carbon oh, really? aero bars. So these are like cool. 400 bucks. Yeah, so they're, they're not just a, a standard set or a very good set of aero bars, but the key thing with 
all the profile stuff, it's really adjustable. So everything, everything's interchangeable. So if you've got profile base bars, you can change them, different sorts of aero bars. If you're looking to try to go for, say, more of that um, praying mantis sort of position, then you can uh, flick things around a bit and all their brackets and everything. You can swap everything around. So, um, yeah, so the, the profile supersonic ergo 50c um, previously known as the j5 it's a premium model of the new generation of profile design brackets offers easy adjustments and great greater fitting range than anything that came before it pairing this bracket with the ergo armrests offer industry leading fit options and greater comfort so yeah so we're gonna have three so winners. it's kind of things that you put on your road bike if you want to put some errors on there uh, and the and, and a TT bike because okay. even if you got like the um you know the bull horns then then these aero bars will, will fit on there um they they these ones bend up quite a bit so if you're someone who's got quite a flat set of aero bars or completely flat out the front and you are watching a lot of the YouTube stuff and you're seeing Christian Blumenfeld with his hands up in front of his pace or Joe Skipper or someone like that and you want to go for that position if you've got a profile sort of set up exi- existing then you can just get some of these bars and flick them on there and. and and away you go. So awesome set, and yeah, worth um, about two three hundred ninety five bucks New Zealand, two hundred eighty bucks US. Uh, and are we giving away three pairs? We are giving away three pairs. Omg! And one of them is one of the names we said at the beginning of the show, Melissa Yuri. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. There well done. Alan Kupta's Chan Iron Palm is getting a pair. And then Michael, the king of the castle, um, Morford. Morpeth. 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 I'm sure Michael's. I'm pretty sure Michael's a fellow I met up in the beach in Kaiteria. I think he'd just been doing. The Abel Tasman. Could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure that was Michael. Well, who was it doing the Iron Man in Kaiteri? Greg Bramwell. Greg Bramwell. I was speaking mm. to his daughter on the weekend. Mm. She was meant to be doing Iron Man New Zealand. Was she as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Melissa Uri, Alan Kiptis Chan, and Michael Morpeth. You've got yourself from Profile Design, a nice set of aero bars. So. Pretty cool stuff. Now, guys, if you want to be a patron, you go to me. Click on the link to support the show and just go through the process. You get a cool nickname, and these are some of the people with the cool nicknames, John. Alistair Speed Feet Fleet. John the Mountain Snail Hancock. And Colin the Convict Bielowski. There we go. So if you want to be a patron, support the boys in what we do. It's like well, coffee, coffee a week, if that. Yeah. Think of the, you know, back in the day, you used to buy magazines. We provide mm. that for you nowadays. <laughs> so yeah. Give us your magazine money. Um, then we've also got, if you want to get show email to you, front of the front page, just go down to the bottom. If you want some coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. My podcast, Bevan James Isles Show, bevanjamesisles.com. Content, age group, websites, other feedback, I'm talk podcast at gmail.com. John, you goss. So you um, did a race. Got did a race. Pulled down. Yeah, I did. So I did one of these little local Lake Crichton triathlons, which is out in the country here. Very low key. It's just so cool to have races like that. If you've got little, how many people doing it? Uh, well, they had to limit numbers. They were sold out. But they they had an afternoon session for for a bunch of kids, and then the evening session they had to limit to a hundred. Okay. Uh, but if you've got local racing on, does my head in when people don't race? If you want to get faster, go and do some races. Yeah. Uh, especially if they're grassroots local things, you just incorporate it into your training. If you're a coach, pull your head in and let people and get your athletes racing. Just so many people do one or two events a year but I wasn't organising races I'd be all over this like a rash well it's also just supporting your local community totally um, now a different story if it's 400 bucks to enter all these races yeah. I'd be going different story but for us this one here it's like 30 bucks or something to Was enter really? yeah um, so it's very grassroots and I know that they're few and far between in different parts of the world all I'm saying is racing will make you faster yep. incorporate and it into and learn training. lessons oh 
And that's what I needed. I just needed a butt kicking. I needed a reality check on where I'm at. Now, I did go into the event a bit tired and sore. That's an excuse. Yep, but, and it was well below par. But it was so good to be out racing and just going, okay, that's where I'm at. That's where I want to be at in you know four months' time and just getting amongst it. Tell you one thing I did today that I've, on that race that I've never done before. Had my race belt. So this race, you just need your race belt on the on the final yep. run. Put the, put that on, and it was it's on a Friday night. I'm usually not particularly well organised. Just chuck everything in the bag, get out there. At least I was more organised than my son who forgot his running shoes. He what had a pe- he had a pair of running shoes, but he didn't have the ones with his elastic laces. Did he beat you? Uh, he was doing a shorter distance oh. race. I think I would have beaten him, but probably <laughs> not by very much. Um, and so I just grabbed this race belt, and it was one that was a bit too long, so it had a big but tan- dangling out the end. So I yeah. chucked a safety pin on just so nice, it wouldn't be yeah. dangling. Came off the bike, chucked the race number on as I'm going out. Somehow I'd managed to undo, the undo it, stabbed it straight through my thumb. Was, <laughs> the first 500 metres, my hand was bleeding. I was like, oh my God. Uh, certainly distracted me a bit. Something I've never done before. Delivery. Something I won't do again. Oh. So it was an... Average, what were the distances? Well, it was about a 400 metre swim. The bike was a little bit short for some reason. They moved the turnaround. It was supposed to be 16k on the bike. It was 14. And then the run's about 4k, sort of cross country type sort of running. So where did you get? I got fourth. Fourth. Who took it out? A young fella, a fairly young fella, who's going really, really good, a guy called Ben Airy. And then I had two brothers in front of me. One's the same age as Tom, and the other one's a couple of years older. I got within one second of one of them at the end. Oh. I was like, and then the, the other one I was running with earlier on and he pulled away. So I was, I was happy to see him uh, do well. Very good. So that was, uh, that was Friday night and then it was rubbish all weekend. So I decided to do the tour of, tour of Watopia over the two days, which ha- is on Zwift. That. On Saturday, I just did one ride up Alp to Zwift. And then on Sunday, got up early and did like six rides back to back. Well, five rides back to back. So I started at 5.30 in the morning and finished at about 9.45 and just did all these rides back to back on Zwift watching Winter Olympics. Oh, nice. And then I got to the end and realised I'd missed one. So then I had to catch it up yesterday. How long was that? It was like 30 minutes. Uh, so that, was, that was my weekend. It rained all weekend. Yeah, it was atrocious, wasn't it? All weekend. Bevan, what did you get up to? You, you, you're commentating at a race. Anything else happened with oh, your I was week? up in Auckland last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fascinating. That was because yeah. um, you, you, you couldn't do anything. So I sun. Oh, you had to use sun, sun fake suntan. Oh yeah, yeah. I put that on Instagram. I got lots of comments on that. Um, so you got the spray on, or you went on a sunbed? No, no, no. Yeah, I got. There's a com- company called Bondi Sands, right. and they do. It's actually really good. It's like a you can. There's different options, but they got one option is like a a mousse. You know, mousse when you used to do your hair. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that. And you spray it on. You get a glove. It's because mm-hmm. so it goes evenly. You just wipe it over your body. But then you've got to wait for like six hours. So you're stinking, you're sticky for like six hours waiting Ugh. for it. To, so you're kind of naked in your room. Well, <laughs> got, I was naked in my room. Actually, just naked in my room waiting for this kind of, and I was just doing some work. And then, you you know. It's, I'm glad I didn't do a Zoom call with you no, at that time. No, I did. I had to do something with someone. I was, oh, we're a girl who works for us. And um, I had to do a Zoom call with her. And I was like, sorry, I got my top off. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I didn't know I had nothing on underneath. But I was like, sorry, but I can't put clothes on. Um but I tell you what, it does do a good job. Mm-hmm. Like you know, because some sun sun tanning stuff. Like I don't need to normally. I don't normally tan, but it makes you look orange. Mm-hmm. But this actually looked really tanned, so mm-hmm. that was good. And then I did my filming for Les Mills, and that was tell you what, John, 
we were going, we filmed, Liz Mills filming is now a uh, high class, mm-hmm. you know, and what's cool now is that back in the old days, the filmings were just for instructors, but now they've got their on-demand product. Mm. So lots of people around the world kind of know me from, you know, Joe Public know me now, which is quite cool, but um, so they spend production, I, I hate to think what they spend, but it's mm. a lot of money. Like think, we've got, I think they've got seven camera crew, it's all, like it's all on, you know, all the all the booms and all the things, the, the rails and that kind of stuff. Uh, massive screens, like really high production. Um, but as we're, so you're kind of in the middle of nowhere because we've got to go to this place which is this old like factory from the outside. Mm. We, when we're going in there, there was a place that was called, next door to it was the world's greatest donuts. Right. And it must have been the place that made them that sent them out to shops. Yeah. And Lisa, the girl I do the filming with, she goes, Bevan, we've got to get one of those donuts. <laughs> so when we're walking, we said to someone, can you get us one of those donuts? So we get in, filming finishes, and they got donuts for us. Nice. And I have a peanut butter, must be like custard, mm-hmm. donut. That sounds pretty good. OMG, John. Yeah. Do you like a donut? I like a good donut. Sugar and cinnamon mm-hmm. might be one of the greatest combinations. Mm. What's your favorite combination? Well, if you want good donuts, you go in Motueka. There is a place there and they just do different random ones every day. So they did a... Like they put like a crunchy bar on top and things like oh. that. And oh, salted caramel is always my go-to. Oh, I think you would like this peanut butter one. Mm. You like peanut butter, don't you? I do like peanut butter. Yeah, do you still get In the a sweet stuff? sense, I'm not quite sure if I like it. No, it worked. It worked. It worked, John. Yeah. It worked big time. Now, when we think of donuts, New Zealand donuts, like it's not a, these ones weren't hold ones. Yeah. It was like a, it's almost like a full thing and you got all the stuff inside it. Mm-hmm. Like American listeners probably think donuts are a round circle thing. Mm. You know, we do have that sometimes in New Zealand, yeah. but um, so that was definitely a highlight. Mm. And then doing the coast to coast, I got drenched. Um, it was miserable. My pool was overflowing. I saw Zania and Ian there. Yes. They had a very small umbrella. Ian's birthday today. A birthday, Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you what, one of the cool things about going to races, because I don't really go to a lot of races nowadays, um, especially the big iconic races, like, you know, you turn up and a lot of people you know from the sport are there. Mm-hmm. Like Greg Frame was there. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you, you just see your people, don't you? Mm. And... Um, yeah, it was really awesome. It was, it was so cool. One of the one of the benefits, and this was the, my best thing about the day. No, no, this isn't my best thing. There's lots of great things, but the course was way faster. I was going to say you could have stayed the long haul. It's cool to do stuff at the beginning. Yeah, when you're getting to hour seventeen, at well, I was, I was because we we started people off at five forty, so we're at the mm-hmm. at the start line at five. Mm-hmm. So we're up at like four forty. Okay, here's one complaint, John. <laughs> I'm going to do a Bevan rant. I never do rants, but so we're staying at the top ten. In yeah. Greymouth? Yeah, it's a good top 10, that one. Yeah, good really top good. 10. Lovely people. They put, tell you what, getting to put on a feed. Mm. Have you ever gotten to do a feed for your... No. Oh, my God, lasagna. Yeah. Goes down as one of my best lasagnas in my life. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not even joking. It yeah. was a good lasagna. So we had a good lasagna. Um, morning of, lots of athletes there. Mm. You know, understandably, but also other people who weren't there. The night mm-hmm. before I was talking to a guy who was doing up his house. People getting up, getting ready for the race, talking... Yelling at each other. Yeah. Not good enough people. No, not acceptable. No, because I was doing the commentary of Steve Gurney and we, we shared a room together. Pretty basic accommodation. Yeah. Uh, he did fart a few times, but I'll let him know that. Um, we didn't need to be at the... To, we, 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 our theory was be there at five. So it was 15 minutes at the road. So we kind of got up at... I think we got up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Fell out of bed. And then because we, we did the entry, did start, came back and had a nap before we started the day. People were up at like 3.30... Mm. Talking, yelling, making so much noise, and you, and, and it, you know, the, the accommodation is great, but it's not, mm. 
insulated rooms. Yep. Sharpen up. Yeah. Be considerate. I'm, I'm hearing you. Yeah. I was not happy. And, and then so Steve and I went out and then we came back and we were very quiet. Yeah. Because we care. Yeah. And then, so then, but it's a long day. So we basically, in theory, Coast Coast Finishes, latest people would be what, normally about 11? Yeah. 9.40. No, 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 no. 8.40. 8.40. I was nice. happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I was very happy with that. Yeah. So it was, that was one of the benefits of the course being short. But really cool. Great event. Um, and one of the other benefits that the Coast Coast has that I am never has is the team support is pretty special. Mm. You know, in Ironman, it's a solo day, solo mission. Mm. Coast to coast, you get a team of people, they support you along the way, they have quite a fun day together. Although supporting people in Ironman Day is a fun day as well, but... You're not actually engaged, yeah. uh, whereas with, when you do support crew in the coast to coast, you're loading bikes on, you're feeding them, uh, you're doing all that, yeah. loading, unloading, loading kayaks and stuff. You, you feel a part of the event, don't you? Mm. Yeah, so anyway, that was kind of my highlights. Anyway, John, what about this week? What's, what's on? What is on this week? No, nothing in particular. Oh, we're doing a bit of a challenge. Challenge Wanaka is supposed to be on the weekend. Some people are going on Ruby, which is a cycling platform to do that. We're going to go do a bit of an adventure. What are you uh, doing? You're going to do a half Ironman? Uh, pretty much, yeah. We're going to do a swim, a 5K ocean swim around from Scarborough to Taylor's Mistaken Back. Uh, which will be we talked about that recently, didn't we? Yeah, that's going to be pretty epic. You got you got some kayakers? Yep, we have. Because uh, yeah, we've got some kayakers, and then we're going to do just a, about a 70k of hills, and then do a, a classic sort of the Boulder Bay Loop, uh, not the Boulder Godly Head that's Loop. It's a tough, tough course. So it's going to be a big, big tough. What, day. What's your ride going to be? The ride is going to be all the way around the harbour and then along the Summit Road. Oh yeah, it's decent. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Who's doing it? We'll find out. <laughs> How many people put their hands up? There's a, there's, a, there's a handful. Whether they do the whole thing or not, I'm not sure. But there's a handful. Good times. Mm. Um, okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Inu. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.